You're listening to the 1% Factor Podcast with Coach Shakina, where I talk about how small changes and insights can have the greatest impact over time. Whether it's in life or business, you'll learn principles and strategies that when implemented will help you grow your business and design a lifestyle that's in alignment with who you are and fuels your purpose, passion, and vision. I am here with lovely Sabine. And what's up, lady? (laughs) How are you been? Hi, I am well. So excited to be here and excited to chat with you today. Yeah, ma'am. We've been trying to get together together for like the longest. So I'm so glad that we were finally able to circle around to this. Um, you have a hell of a journey. And I want you to, if you can, start, you know, share with the audience, you know, who you are, what you currently do. Yeah, thank you for that. So I am Sabine Gideon. I'm an executive coach uh, for women and emerging leaders and organizations and individuals hire me to really help them uh, bring out the courageous leader from within. Um, And that really stems from helping them to build their confidence, uh, build stronger communication skills, and, you know, really being able to cultivate strong connections uh, throughout their uh, networks, whether that's inside the organization or outside of the organization. And so I've been doing this now holistically as a whole for the last five years. Uh, But before that, uh, I transitioned as a corporate dropout. I started corporate America like every, you know, excited 22, 23 year old that I was going to climb and scale the ladder. Although I don't think 22, 23 year olds think like that anymore. They're all starting businesses. (laughs) Kudos to them. Um, But started corporate America was going to, um, you know, climb up the ladder. First one to graduate out of uh, graduate college in my family. And so I had all these big dreams. And there was this role in particular that I really, really, really wanted uh, is HR business partner, what you call HR generalist. And I really like put you know, my head down and worked really, really hard for many, many years um, to the point that, you know, I had changed uh, companies. I'd gone back and gotten my college or my master's degree and really finally got to this place after 12 years of striving, if you will, and and taking on those dots, uh, which one of my former manager calls a development opportunities that suck. Um, taking those on, finally get the job that, you know, I've been coveting for, you know, 10 years or so and six months in realize, oh no, I cannot do this. Uh, at the time I had like 30 plus years to live or to work. And I was just like, this, this can't be life. And part of that was really because, you know, the, the old me, the 22, 23 year old me had grown so much. Um, so the meaning that that role had and, all of the things that I didn't know about the day in and day out, uh, once I started doing it, I realized this was not it. So I had a whole midlife crisis or mid-career crisis, if that's what you want to call it, and realized that you know my real passion, my real joy and purpose was aligned to helping and serving other people. And while I could do that to a capacity to a certain extent within organization, um, it wasn't going to ever be to the scale that I wanted. So that's when I started to look into coaching, um, really took a step back and identified 
where where had been where had I been the most fulfilled? Um, when did I feel like I was making the biggest impact? And that was when I was coaching employees one on one, helping them to you know create a pathway for their careers, or when I was working with leaders and behind closed doors, I could get them to put the cape down and to you know put the ego aside and to be human beings. Um, that then allowed me to support them, whether it was personally and professionally, and so. I became a corporate dropout in 2018, uh, started my business, my coaching practice. And, you know, I'd love to say that like the five years, the last five years has been blissfully exciting. Um, but that would be a bold face lie. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, there's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of um, impact and, and a lot of reward to it. But it certainly has been a uh, professional development course that just never ends for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you on that one. I feel you on that one. Never ends, right? The learning never ends, especially in the coaching industry, right? Um, yes. you, you said a lot that I can relate to, and you have a hell of a journey, right, that you have, um, starting with leadership in and of itself, because it's we need leaders, right? How you communicate with people, how you um, structure teams, how you get jobs done, projects, and all those other things, but you like you said, at a very early age, you were like, I, I don't <laughs> like you had a very good plan. Right. Um, and I, I agree with you. I don't think a lot of 20 year olds are thinking that way. They're either right now, they're probably starting their own businesses, but um, maybe back whenever you were 20, because I don't know, you know, however old you are now, but <laughs> you could be 80 for all I know. But it's, you know, back back maybe even a decade or so ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago. They weren't thinking like that, especially. In, I know I wasn't thinking like that in my 20s and I was in corporate, too. But I wanted to climb that ladder much like you did. And later on, figured out mm, it really isn't for me. But that was based off of personality, passion, purpose and drive. My my whole outlook was like, I like y'all, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> right? But you you were able to pivot and shift according to what you wanted, right? Mm -hmm. So you said you went back to get your master's degree. What was your master's degree in? Management and organizational leadership. Okay. Do you actually use your degree to this day? <laughs> to an extent. Um, so it really comes, well, let me, let me not lie. Um, <laughs> it, it comes, it came in handy when I was still in corporate America, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the systems, the processes, the structure of an organization, it's actually been helpful when I've worked with uh, startups, um, smaller mm -hmm. businesses uh, who are just building out or professionalizing their organizations. But if I would say like on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, not really. And and it's not because the information or the, the coursework wasn't valuable. It's just that I'm a firm believer that there's such a huge disconnect between stuff that is taught at the college level and real life. And, mm -hmm. you know, you you can teach theory all day long, but when people are in it, they need to know how to make those decisions. And there there's never been a, a connection or a strong enough connection to show that what's being taught is actually what's happening in real life. I find that um, in interesting enough because. Growing up, people tell you to go to college, graduate, get a job, retire, all those things, right? And then you realize halfway in that you were going to college because your mom said so, or your dad said so, 
or grandparents or nobody in your family is ever going to college. So it, the burden on you is, all right, so I guess I'm going to college, right? What am I going to college for? And then you go to college, you take all those courses, classes, and you sacrifice however number of years in your life because you're either working and going to school, doing both, and you know, you're trying to graduate doing the coursework. And you, maybe you get a job, graduate, you eventually get a job, and then you pivot. So the degree that you have may not be the degree that you need to move forward. And I, I always find that interesting because like the education that we receive when we're young, we don't often use during our day-to-day basis. Um, you know, you go to college and especially in a master's level, right? The master's level is definitely your choice. So you wanted to go back for a specific reason, right? You had a purpose in mind as opposed to community college or your bachelor's degree or whatever professional degree, if you were getting that, right? And I, I agree with you in that. Like it, there's a, there's a change in there somewhere that happens that you may not, you may not use it, but so moving forward, you decided to quit the corporate culture. Why did you quit specifically? Um, I wasn't making an impact uh, or at least from my perception, I wasn't making an impact. I mean, the, the work was there, the title was there, the money was there, but it was just like, it the the work itself especially um you know in in hr and i'm sure with other professions too like the higher you climb it becomes less about the people and so i went from a space of you know working with employees one on one and being able to support them or working with managers one on one to being in this like large conglomerate and it was just like you have this group and like it was just it, it felt like this constant um burden of doing things, but not actually helping people, even though you could rationalize that the things that I was doing had, you know, was helping people and it was making an impact. I'm one of those people that I want to see, like, if I do a, like, here's the direct thing. And don't get me wrong. That's not to say that I I didn't help people. That's not to say that, you know, I didn't uh, support people in their development and their growth as, as employees and as leaders. But I also felt like there was, there was more, there was more that I could do. Um, and there was a, a, a greater purpose for my life. And again, no dig on anyone, you know, working in corporate because I, I appreciate every last, last ounce of training that I got from that space. Um, but I just felt called to do something different and to help people in a different capacity. And unfortunately, I was not going to be able to do that in the confines of a corporation. Okay. See, we share similar stories because I was like, I like y'all. I don't like y'all that much. <laughs> but my friend calls me unemployable. That is absolutely true at this point. <laughs> I'm not going back. You can't make me. I don't want to. But um, <laughs> so you quit because you weren't making the impact that you were looking for. You were helping, but you weren't helping in the same capacity or in the capacity that you were hoping to accomplish. And or you weren't be able you weren't able to see where you were making the impact. Right. Yeah. And I should also share, too, that, you know, prior to even getting to this place, I had um, in my personal life, I had like hit rock bottom like years before that and got to a place where, you know, I, I literally wanted to check out of life. And what allowed me to, you know, even make it to that next day was this experience that I had with God. And in that, in that moment, I had asked, you know, for two things, show me that you're real and show me what my purpose is. 
And so from that moment on, because of that life-changing experience, uh, work had stopped being about work. It stopped being about a paycheck. It stopped being about a title for me. And so that's why that even when I got to whatever that quote unquote epitome or, you know, pinnacle of my career was, it didn't fill me. It didn't satisfy me because it, to me at that point, I was no longer chasing a role, a title or anything like that. I was chasing purpose. And so for me, like to give that backdrop, like it was so much deeper uh, than that. So that's why once I got to the place where I was just like, okay, I'm doing the thing that I thought I wanted, but sudden it's, it's, I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm not feeling like I'm making this impact. I don't feel like I'm aligned to this purpose that, you know, I've been chasing at that point, you know, for the last seven, seven, seven years. So what is, what is the thing? Um, so to me, I've got, I've come to the place where, you know, I want my work to align with who I am uh, in terms of like my natural gifts, my talents, and my actual purpose for being here. Um, so that's that's how I got into coaching or that's what led me into coaching because I felt like there was alignment there. Even since then, in the five years that I've been doing this, like I've come to realize that, you know, it's not even necessarily about the coaching, right? Because it's the thing that you do, but it's the how you show up, how you support people, um, how you're able to make an impact or touch someone's life, whether it's through, you know, a word or through encouragement or teaching them a strategy, a new way of life that allows them to completely shift and change the trajectory of their life. Like that to me is the thing that I do. I just wrap it behind coaching because people know what coaching is and it is a profession. Yeah. I love what you said about chasing your purpose um, to like kind of going back a little bit, but too often we're taught to, you know, follow the money and get the high paying job and be the, you know, the manager of like major teams and whatever. Right. But we're never told to chase our purpose and we're never taught to define what our purpose is. And Purpose changes often depending on your experience, you know, how much you are in the world, right? Because if you're shying away from stepping out into your purpose or being engaged with other people or just trying to find additional experiences, you don't know what your purpose is. Purpose comes with experience. So when you say you're chasing your purpose, you found out what your purpose was or is based off of what you went through. And you were able to it sounds like you were able to shift that into what you're doing now with your coaching, you're helping other people and hidden behind the word coaching and maybe the actions of coaching, but you're essentially, it sounds like you're essentially helping them do the same thing, just in a little different manner. So tell me and the audience about what you're doing now that you believe is, is, is impactful for the clients that you're working on right now. So how are yeah. you impacting your clients? Yeah, I will answer that question. I, I definitely want to go back to something that you just said, which is which I do think is powerful and, and um, that we need to stress. So, you know, I come I'm, I'm an immigrant from Haiti, like definitely got the messages of like, go to work, get a job, do the things right. And, and you know, some other people have those same messages who may not have that that particular situation. And so oftentimes we go through life 
living out or chasing someone else's dreams or someone else's definition of success or someone else's definition of what we ought to be doing um, with our lives. And I think back to, you know, 22 or even 18 year old me who was just like, I just got to go to college. Right. We don't know ourselves at 18. We don't know ourselves even at 22 or 23 when we get out of college. And so it's the um, I guess the process in discovering purpose, uh, because to your point, so many people don't take the time to do that because one, it's, it's not just like, oh, I wake up one day and I know my purpose. It requires the deep work because um, for me, I didn't uncover purpose until I uncovered my identity. And that required me to, um, to put down all of the identities and all of the labels and all of the expectations and all of the, all of the things that, you know, well-meaning people in my life, parents, family, teachers, all of that, uh, for me to get clarity on who am I? Uh, cause it wasn't until I knew who I was that I knew what my purpose was. Um, and so I, I do think that it's important. It's not easy. I'm not going to say that it's easy, but it's important work, especially for those who who want to do something meaningful, who want their lives uh, to or want to be able to make an impact in their own lives and their the lives of the people that they're serving in their communities. That it starts with you understanding who you are and getting crystal clear on that, so that you can uncover how do I then do that? How do I then express who I am? Um, so. Uh, public service announcement there. <laughs> <laughs> much needed, though. Uh, much needed. Yeah. And so the the work that I do today, very much along uh, what I was sharing is, you know, I, I do leadership or executive coaching and, and it's for leaders. So whether you're an individual or you're an emerging leader in an organization, my leadership coaching is uh, is not traditional in many sense, because I don't focus in on executive presence and communication skills. And well, I do do communication skills. Let me take that back or business acumen or some of these high level uh, concepts, if you will, that are taught that this is what makes a person a powerful leader. Um, to me, it starts with who you are, your character, your, your nature, your integrity, all of that is what shows up like, you know, we get caught into in the discussion of, well, what are leaders made or are leaders born and all that other stuff? Well, my philosophy is that we all have innate leadership ability. It's a matter of, you know, developing. It's a matter of, of drawing it out. Right. And we all have a sphere of influence. So in order for us to know what our sphere of influence is or where we're going to make an impact or with whom, we have to know what is our what is our unique uh, I call it unique brilliance. What is our unique brilliance as leaders? And that starts with getting clear on your values, getting clear on your why. What's important to you? You know, we we equate leadership with a role or with a title or with a particular stature, but it it doesn't start there. It starts with the person because as we've as, uh, I won't get too deep in it, but as we've seen, there have been people in leadership roles who are. Who have horrible morals, right? So you know this notion of leadership is is uh, assigned or it's reserved for certain people. That's a fallacy. And so my leadership coaching is, regardless of whether or not you have a title or you're playing that role, you are a leader. You're leading in your home. You're leading in your community. You're leading. You're leading in some capacity. So I'm here to hold up that mirror to say, actually, you are a leader. 
this, these are your strengths as a leader and to help you align, whether it be with your work uh, in corporate or with your business, with your true leadership ability. And then to build a team around you to help support you in those areas that you aren't as, as strong, if you will. So it, it's definitely a, a different take on leadership than what we've, we've heard mainstream. But I do believe that we are in a space, especially coming out of 2020 and even the last several years, that it's time for us to take, um, take people in leadership off the pedestals that we've put them on and for us all to take accountability for our leadership ability and for the spheres of influence that we have authority over so that we can all move forward and, and be the change agents that we want. And we're not putting it on our managers or the CEOs or the people in government, but that we are all united and functioning in our spheres of influence so that we can impact change. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said earlier about knowing who you are. And I, I love all of what you said, because everybody has the potential of being a great leader. And it's not, you know, it's like not just for upper management. It's not for the top CEOs. It's for it's for people. Right. When the pandemic started and the, the heroes of the front line stood up, they were leaders, too. Right. The ER staff, the medical staff, you know, everybody who stood up, who were who were in the front line, they were leaders in and of themselves. Absolutely. And everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody could. You know, take a stand on where they were and make a difference. And, you know, growing up where, you know, well, I, when I was growing up, it was you can prevent forest fires, right? You like, you eat the, but <laughs> like, the but it, yes. right. It starts with you. Um, I think a lot of people, when it comes to identity, they have an idea of who they are, but they also, are trying to create a person that they think they should be um, in the society we live in based off of what they're hearing, you know, what mom and dad wants us to be, what the society tells us we need to be. Um, and the titles we're supposed to have and the job we're supposed to work at and all, all these other different things. But in the midst of all that, we don't really work on ourselves. We don't do the inner work. Um, coaching is to help guide you and it guides you for what's already inside of you. And people don't understand that. It's not something we create. It's not something that you just pull out of air, but all those answers you already have. Mm -hmm. And the only, what we're supposed to do is to help bring that out of you, challenge your perspective, you know, see how you, you know, change or, or help you change how you see the world so you can identify you and the things that you need to work on or the things that you want to do. Right. And leadership just. It is a skill something you work on, but it's also something inherent that's already there, I think. So I like what you said about that. Um, it does start with your identity, who you are, who you want to be, who you want to grow into, um, doing that deep inner work to figure out what your obstacles and your struggles are and, and going from there. So, and I love the non-traditional approach because that's just who I am. So it works, works with me, but, um, you're, so when you started this business, going back to that, um, when you started, what was one of your struggles that you had in getting up and running? Like what kind of, if you could name one struggle that you had that you overcame, what was it when you're creating your business? Just one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
specifically the transition from uh, corporate to being an entrepreneur and adding into the mix of someone who is, you know, very much high achiever, type A, uh, results driven, right? So much of my identity, what I realized once I became an entrepreneur, so much of my identity was wrapped up in um, who I was in corporate um, and what that equated to from, you know, getting pats on the back and recognition and, you know, rewards and compensation and everything. And when I stepped into entrepreneurship, it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put this product out, <laughs> right? Like, I'm going to do my research, I'm going to do all this stuff, and I'm going to put this program out, and then we're going to fly high. And it was crickets. <laughs> there were there were loud crickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I that baffled me, uh, if I'm being completely honest, because if I put my mind and my heart and my soul into something and I put it out there, there needs to be positive reward or, you know, some type of recognition for it. And there wasn't. And so that was a that was an opportunity for me to step back and look at all of the areas in which I had identified, um, whether that be with how much I was making who, who was recognizing <laughs> likes, stuff like likes and followers and all that other stuff that like entrepreneurs get trapped into mm -hmm. um, or fall into, if you will. And so at that point, I had to take a step back and, and say, okay, well, where where is my thinking off? And it required a lot of layers. Um, I had to deal with a lot of my money blocks, right? A lot of my money beliefs that had been sewn in me for from many different areas and, and work through that. Um, I had to, you know, really take a step outside of, okay, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for my clients, right? Or like, what is what is my motive? What is my purpose? Who am I serving? Getting clear on who am I serving and doing this. So there were like all of the pieces around building a business I had to learn the hard way in terms of hearing those crickets. And then it wasn't about, oh, well, let me just fix this part of the program or let me just fix this part of my marketing. Those things were key and those things were important, but they only became effective after I fixed the things that were lying behind, underneath the surface within me that were causing me to self-sabotage me. Hope that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, while you were talking, it reminds me of my story and how I did the same thing. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll like when I was working in corporate and I, I always had a business that I was running either on the side or whatnot. So in this particular instance, I had this business and I was like, you know what? I don't want to work for you all no more. I got clients already. I got this. I got everything in place. Um, I had money put aside. I was like, I'm good. Right. Then I quit. Well, I, well, I quit because of health reasons, but I ended up quitting. And I was like, I told myself after some resting period, I got this. I can get through this. I can do this. And then, yeah, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Crickets. My clients died down because I had finished their projects already. I couldn't get any more clients. And I felt like a failure. Like it was, I, I'm one of those type A personalities. I always have a plan. I have a, and a backup plan and a backup plan to that, right? So I had like all these things that I thought were in place and I thought they were, you know, good to have didn't work out that way. And I remember feeling so disheartened and, and down and which is unusual for me. And I don't do down. I, I don't there's I don't do down. It's, it's not part of my personality. I'm usually in high spirits. 
I do these things, but I felt like I had failed on like a cellular level. Mm. And I remember my husband at saying to me, he's like, you didn't fail. And I, and I have a cousin that I keep calling uncle. I don't know why I keep calling my uncle, but he treats me more like an uncle than a cousin, but he's like an older cousin. And so he's like, Shakina, you didn't fail. You just did something. It didn't work. Do something else. And when I got that in my head, because I'm pre- I, one of those people that pivots, I'm very great with change, flexible, whatever. I do whatever needs to be done. But for whatever reason, it did not, it didn't compute. I was just like, I'm a failure. I failed. I never really failed at anything before. So it was hard for me to take. And I was like, it's just a lesson I needed to learn. But once I figured it out, I was able to pivot, change, got my clients on board. I started a whole new business, new program, new whatever. And I was able to get out of it. But it's the inner work that you have to do. And that was a lesson that I needed to learn. And failing is okay. Failing is often encouraged. So you can get through the lesson. Um, I was just talking to a client the other day who is like, well, I, I don't, I'm not getting any clients in the door. You haven't done the work. Mm. You haven't done the work, honey. It's, you, you want your marketing, right? You want to do all these things that you see on social media. You want to create all these programs and shiny object syndrome here, squirrel there, you know, whatever. But it, it doesn't help you if you're not willing to do the work. Yeah. Right. You notice um, and it may be in some of your clients, right? You, you give them a task to do or you encourage them to do something and then you find out they haven't touched it in months. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Um, this particular client was watching Netflix. You were supposed to be calling people. What are you doing? But people often misunderstand that. You can't move any you can't move forward without actually doing the work yourself and yeah. that inner work requires commitment you know that purpose you were talking about is when we're not in touch with our purpose a lot of things don't move the way that we want them to or that we're comfortable with or even that you know we want I suppose but your 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 story of you know how you went through those things resonates with me because I've been through that and I love that. I, lo- I absolutely love the fact that you had to do the deep inner work, mm-hmm. right? And you bring up a really great point around failure because that was that was the other lesson of it, right? And, and if you just think of going back through the thread of the conversation we've been having, right? In school, right? You can't fail. Failure is bad. Uh, in college, failure is bad. In corporations, depending on the culture, right? Like you can't make a mistake. And you come, you step into entrepreneurship and you deal with failure the first time. Oh my gosh. Talk about, (laughs) talk about like a a crisis happening. Um, and, and you start to see yourself as a failure. And I think that that is a beautiful part of entrepreneurship is that you are encouraged to fail because now I can embrace failure as part of my growth process. Um, that it's like, okay, well, this didn't work out. Now my mind isn't stuck on, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What did I do? It's like, oh, okay, this part worked out. So how do I connect this to that and then move forward? And so it creates, I call it a muscle, <laughs> call it whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it creates something in you that allows us to be resilient because there's going to be a lot of failures um, that allows us to be nimble, um, to be able to like, you know, pick things up wherever they need to, um, to be real 
true problem solvers. I used to think that I was a problem solver before. Oh no, I am a problem solver now for sure. And I think that if there's anything that, you know, your listeners or people who are thinking about transitioning into entrepreneurship, there's one big takeaway is that, you know, expect to fail and be okay with it. It's not a bad thing. And guess what? You may have failed at a thing, but you yourself are not a failure. Because the minute you pick back up and you're like, okay, we're going to try this again, that immediately puts you in, in winner's zone. Um, so I, I think that that's the other piece of not confusing the external situation with your identity because you're not a failure. Yeah, somewhere along the line, we take it personal. Of course. And again, high school, whatever, growing up, you can't fail. You can't fail. You're a failure. You do whatever. Um, but somewhere along the line, it's attached to our identity if we fail. And I hadn't realized that for myself because I had never really failed on a level like that. So my brain went into complete overdrive. So us type A personalities, I went from, okay, so I failed to, oh my God, <laughs> this, this, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not like where over. I'm to, right? <laughs> like it went, it went down, right? Um, it, it's it's amazing because the journey in and of itself of just creating a business and going through that roller coaster of emotions and um the journey of what you're creating because as entrepreneurs we're creators by nature we're problem solvers by nature it's just that we had to go through ten fifteen years of corporate to figure that out we had to go through you know um, whatever obstacles and struggles we had to go through to figure it out but we got there. And it comes with, you realize how much baggage you have when you yeah. start a business. <laughs> I remember this project. Oh, you're ugly. Oh, yeah. I remember this project that um, I did. And I like to experiment with things just in general. And so I, I don't know how I categorize. I think I was in college at the time. I was working for this uh, uh, law firm. My background's in a legal industry as a paralegal. And I was just genuinely curious. I call these social experiments. So I went around and I started asking folks, why haven't you started a business? I went to the drug dealers on the corner. I went to, you know, other attorneys in the firm. I just started asking people. I think I did that for about a year or so of just straight up asking random people and strangers. Why didn't you start a business or people that I know? This one particular attorney I asked, he said, it just, it's just too much work. It's just, it's just too much work. But he had been attorney for what, 25 years. And he complained every time he came in, th in through the door. He complained about the clients he worked for with. He complained about the other attorneys he worked with. And I'm like, why don't you just start your own thing? You have a, you know, people know you. You've been doing this for a while. And he said, I tried it. It didn't work. I mm -hmm. said, interesting. How many times have you tried it? He's like, once. I don't need to. I learned my lesson the first time. I was like, interesting. 25 years. Um, it's, not, it's not for everybody, but there is, the, there is baggage that comes with that. There is the emotional roller coaster of that journey of entrepreneurship. And you can't not get around it. <laughs> you have yeah. to go through it. You have yeah. to go through it. And, and you make a really great point. And I love the fact that you keep referring to it as a journey because that that's exactly what it is. And, and we're similar in that. 
And so, you know, I always share too that like we're so used to seeing people on their mountaintops. We're so inundated with highlight reels and how amazing life is because they made six figures in six days and all this other stuff, right? What's being marketed to us. But in reality, there are a lot of valleys before people get to that mountaintops, if they're even really at the mountaintop in what they're showing. Um, and so, you know, you have to look at entrepreneurship. Life is a journey. Life is full of ups and downs. So, it's natural that entrepreneurship would be uh, filled with lots of ups and downs, but just know that, you know, for every, for every valley, right. Or for every mountain, there was a valley and guess what, to get to the next mountain, you're going to have to go down another valley. And so it becomes the commitment to the process of the journey, the processing of you as a human being. And I was sharing this with you earlier, your last guest on here, prior episode talked about, you should be changing. You you as a person should be transforming so that your business can continue to transform and, and grow. And that transformation doesn't happen when we're, you know, in the spotlight or when we're, you know, in these highlight reels. That transformation happens when we're in those low places, when we're seeing the stuff within us that we need to process, when we're dealing with our own inner critic, as I like to call it, um, you know, when we're when we're having those moments of, of insecurity and self-doubt and all those pieces like that's the transformation that's happening. That's preparing us to get to that next level. Um, so it. it it's so easy, especially I, I can speak for myself, um, but it's so easy to want to discount the quote unquote, like negative parts of us, right? Like we're quote unquote, the weaker parts of ourselves, but it's those very parts that get strengthened uh, through the process. So if you don't, if you don't deal with your fear of failure, if you don't deal with your insecurity, if you don't dear, deal with your, uh, you know, fear of people talking about you, how, how are you going to end up on Forbes? Guess what? Like people have to talk about you for you to get to that place. Um, so I, I say that to say it's kind of like the things that we run away from or sometimes that we want to run away from, uh, which is that inner work, which is that self-work, which is that putting that mirror up. Those are the very things that we need to go through um, that's going to help propel us to that next level in our career and that next level in our ability to impact uh, those whom we're called to serve. Yeah, most definitely. You know, listening, and this is great, love this conversation, just love it. But there's a couple of thoughts that came in my head and I'll, I'll leave my thoughts before we move on. But Les Brown's quote, make a commitment to your commitment comes to mind, right? And I don't, you follow Les Brown, you know who Les Brown is though, right? I know who he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you ever listen to any of his things, he always says that make a commitment to your commitment. And that's what entrepreneurship is. It's just making a commitment to yourself. This is, this is what you're going to do. Take your feelings out of it. It's, you know, it's not all about you. It's about system strategies, you know, your purpose, right? Identity. There's a lot of other things that go around it, but it's not personal, right? Um, for the most part. And then the other thought that came to mind was as a coach, you can only take your, you can only take your clients so far as far as you've been. Right. And when people work with us, I don't think they understand or realize the breadth of experience that comes with us because we've done either a lot of stupid crap or, <laughs> or we just have so much experience in doing the deep inner work that we needed to do in order to 
get where we want to be. So I I do find that's very important um, and and believe in that. But I'm going to I'm going to wrap up and ask you a couple of questions. Um, So two questions as per usual. What's your definition of success? Great question. Um, So my definition of success is doing the thing that I was created to do. Uh, you know, it, it's tied into, you know, purpose, it's tied into legacy, right? So for me, I want to be able to look at every day, every moment of my life, every year and every chapter and ask myself, was I operating and was I being the person that God created me to be? So that on my last day, whatever day that is, I can look back at my life, one, with no regrets, and two, knowing that I completed the assignments that I was sent here to do. I love that. I love that. I ask people that question all the time and never heard it like that. So I like that (laughs) so much. Um, And the other question is, what advice do you have for those going through the same journey? I'd love to borrow Les Brown's. (laughs) Stay committed (laughs) to your commitment. Um, You have to anchor this into something bigger than money. Um, you know, it has to be anchored. And if you aren't at that place where, you know, purpose is is 100% clear to you, that's fine. It, it will become clear to you, but you have to anchor it. And so I, I use purpose and legacy as both my anchors and my pull. And so for me, in those moments, especially when you're first starting out and you're having like the, the, what we, we just shared, those low moments and those moments where you're doubting yourself, right? Having a strong why, as Simon Sinek uh, puts it, you know, to me, my why is my purpose. Having a strong why is the thing that, you know, helps you like pick yourself back up, dust yourself off and just try again the next day. And the legacy aspect of it is so that you know that like even in those high moments in those mountains where you just kind of want to like coast and take a step back, that it's going to be the thing that pulls you forward. Because every day that you get to wake up and you get to open your eyes and you have breath means that you have another day to make another impact. So leveraging purpose to be your anchor so that when you don't feel like it and you're in those valley moments that you can, you know, you can have something to, uh, to to anchor you into why you're doing this and then using your legacy to know that, you know, you're building something that is not only going to, you know, impact people that you're directly affecting, whether that be your clients, your customers or whatever, but all those who have come in, in your pathway, right? All those lives that you have touched um, when you leave here, you have, you will have made their lives a, a better place. So get close. To wrap up, uh, get clear <laughs> on your why, uh, your why, your 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 deeper meaning behind why you want to start a business, why you're on this path, and get clear on what legacy do you want to leave. Um, because those are the two things that, in those moments where no one can see and no one can, you know, uh, talk about your whatever the case may be, those are the two things that you're going to need to rely on to either pick yourself up or to pull your pull yourself forward. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that. So. Sabine, this has been a great conversation. <laughs> I have enjoyed this conversation immensely. Um, I love the energy that you have. And again, yellow is my favorite, one of my favorite colors. It's so bright. Um, as a previous Floridian, that's awesome. This <laughs> sunshine state. But um, tell people, you know, where people can find you, what your social media links are, um, any special programs or promotions that you have going on now. 
Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. So you can learn more about me and my coaching programs at SabineGideon.com. So that's my first name, last name. Um, I am, call it a nerd, whatever, but my hangout spot is LinkedIn. Um, I am also on on IG, Facebook, not so much, uh, but my handles on LinkedIn and and uh, IG are Instagram, excuse me, are Sabine Gideon. Uh, so please be sure to connect. Let me know that you uh, heard me on the podcast. If there's anything that I can provide in terms of support, because uh, Shakina and I, we we both know the struggle. Um, <laughs> I am happy. Uh, to support you or just be a listening ear. Um, so again, that's sabinegideon.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram uh, handle Sabine Gideon. Okay, perfect. And we will be sure to include those in the show notes. So um, make sure you are listening and go into the show notes at the conclusion of this. But anyway, thank you everybody for those listening. Thank you, Sabine, for being here today. This has been a great conversation and um, I guess we'll be around. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Shakina. And that wraps up another episode of the 1% Factor Podcast. If you'd like to experience more of this and want to learn how to build a calm, intentional, and impactful business outside of the hustle culture society we live in, go to thefocusceo.co forward slash 1%.